on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. Microsoft auto-applies a controversial feature from Google sad words. <laughs> Create now, post later. We have a story about a new draft feature coming to Instagram. Microsoft advertising is really putting the rubber to the road when it comes to innovative ads. All on today's show. Oh! Chef's <laughs> back. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news. A proud part of the Search Engine Journal podcast network. We record every week from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Tune in to our critically acclaimed Famous Friday News Show for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. If you want to follow along, just check out our show notes or head over to marketingoclock.com for all of the links from today's articles. And please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Hey there, I'm Christine Zernhel. A.K.A. Shep. I'm Mark Saltarelli. I'm Greg Finn. And I'm Jess Budd. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on April 2nd, 2021. Remember, you can catch our famous Friday news shows on YouTube or your favorite podcast player each and every Friday morning. All your digital marketing news from the week. Powered by the digital marketing community. And if you want to join the conversation, just hit us up. We are at Marketing O'Clock everywhere. Oh my goodness. Shep, it is great to have Hi. you back. It's so good to be back and see all of your beautiful faces. Oh my gosh, they're beautiful. <laughs> She's <laughs> lying to us. Some beards got a lot longer <laughs> while I was gone. Yes, and Mark is here um, and, and will be has a, a call. We had to shift our schedules around a little bit today. But Shep, what, where have you been? What's happening? Anything new? So yeah, I have this new friend. And we've been watching seasons one through seven of The Real Housewives of Atlanta in the middle of the night. It's just a really good time. And she's just so fun, you know? And so... Yeah, I had a baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, does, that's basically it. Does she like it or she just doesn't know how to roll over yet? Real Housewives of Atlanta? Yeah. Oh my God, she loves it. She's team Nini all the way. Awesome. All right, Jess, what's happening with you? I didn't have a baby, but I had a uh, soy sauce <laughs> packet get stuck on the heating element of my dishwasher this week, and everything, their dishes mm -hmm. smelled like burning for like four or five cycles. So, yeah. new kitchen nightmare in my world. Very similar situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Gordon Ramsay. Uh, and Mark, how about you? Um, I think I've finally grown up. Um, I'm an adult now because I am no longer terrible at Mario Kart. I found out this weekend. <laughs> I can beat the computers. Yeah. Oh, that's serious, actually. I, thought I do not adult, beat my friends. You get worse. Yeah, me too. I, like, if no, it no longer stresses me out. Okay. I know how to like throw the little things you pick up. Um, and Even no one unplugs my controller. Ugh, no one's good at Rainbow you Road. You can't fall off Rainbow Road on the new one. Oh, it's really difficult. You must to fall be in off. easy mode or something. I don't That's know. That's the secret to this whole story. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and, and for me, I in, in New York were was eligible to get the first vaccine and and or the first dose, not the first. I wasn't like <laughs> to, to patient zero. And my kids were like, "All right, you going?" And, and we're like, "Yep, we're heading out. We'll be back." And they're like, "All right." It probably won't hurt as much as biting your tongue. <laughs> and I'm wow. like, all right, yeah, put that on a shirt. Turn that into a slogan there. So <laughs> Did it's it, fun. though? No, it didn't. And that, But then then the girl's like, it probably won't hurt as much as cracking your head open. What? I'm like, yeah, I hope not. <laughs> I know. Did, did she know from personal experience? The boy, my like, boy cracks his head open a lot. He used to run into doors. Oh. Stitches. Oh. So... Anyway, if you want something to help your head feel good this week, we've got a new marketing talk with Michelle Morgan, Joe Martinez, Mark Saltarelli, and we talk about lead gen ads on our newest marketing O talk program. And there's not anything that we didn't that we left uncovered there. And you can check it out on your favorite podcast player or over on the Search Engine Journal YouTube channel. All right, what do we have up in the news this week? First up, we got a story about Microsoft advertising, or should I say Microsoft sadvertising, because <laughs> this news has me a little bit upset. They're auto-applying a controversial feature that Google literally AdWords um, started forcing on advertisers back in 2017. 
um, from our friend Amy Bishop at Hoffman8 on Twitter. Advertisers will start seeing auto-apply ad suggestions in Microsoft. And to quote Amy, Microsoft notes that ad copywriting can be complex and time-consuming. The goal is for auto-apply ad suggestions to boost performance and to save time for advertisers. Microsoft's internal data indicates that ad groups with more than one ad can get up to 15% more clicks than those with only one ad. To which I say, I get not everyone has time, but I don't know if you should be running ads if you don't have enough time to write more than one ad. And I'm not super confident that automation-driven ads will outperform the one in that ad group that you did write yourself. So I don't know how I feel about this necessarily, but I think that Mark Irvine had the best take. He's the director of paid search at Search Labs at Mark Irvine 89. And he said, a lot of PPC professionals will dislike this, like me. To those who check on their Microsoft advertising accounts every day and routinely make optimizations to them, they'll rightly be upset that Microsoft is auto-applying changes without their consent. Those PPC professionals should opt out now and not look back. But he did have a positive take about who this would be useful for, and he said, and I quote, Among SMBs, nearly 60% of advertisers on Microsoft advertising don't post a single change in a given quarter. No optimization results in no improvement, and in time, SMBs struggle on Bing. For these advertisers, auto-apply change is better than was oftentimes no changes. So that's a great take about who this is working for and who should use it versus who shouldn't use it. Um, Basically, how this works is that Microsoft identifies ad groups that could be improved with additional ads, and then they suggest ads designed for that ad group based on other ad variants, ad extensions, landing pages, your targeting, and any other content you have in Microsoft Ads, and this will appear in your recommendations column in your campaign. Um, Microsoft will suggest new ads indefinitely as long as there is an opportunity, but don't worry, you're not going to get bombarded with suggestions. They're only going to give you 50 at a time. (laughs) (laughs) Only. (laughs) So it's kind of cool when you see it, um, you see like the ad preview as it would look in the campaign and you have the options to apply it immediately edit it, which I think is a really good thing for yeah. those SMBs, mm-hmm. where you can say, okay, this is helpfully put all this together for me, but I'm going to give this this human layer to make sure this makes sense and represents my business. This is where I think it's really useful if the SMBs are going in here and editing it. It takes away a little bit of the work, but make sure that it's still a quality ad that makes sense, because you shouldn't just be letting the machines do everything. And there should be an option just to get to here. Right, where you can yeah. just get in there, edit, and no auto-applied anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's a huge, like, this went right past that, you know? They're like, instead of, like, giving this helpful thing where you can, they can make the ads and you can just push them through, it's just like, you don't need the auto-applied on here. Like, take it one step at a time. Yeah. No, that is my biggest thing here, is that I hate the auto-apply. And the fact mm-hmm. that they're making advertisers opt into this by default is kind of negative. Um, There are some really great things about this, though. One of the things is that there is a 14-day delay on the auto-apply between when it is auto-added and when it will start serving, so that you actually have time to kind of, if you forgot to turn off auto-apply and something is auto-applied, you have time to go and correct that before it will start showing up. Um, like I just said, the ability to edit suggestions. Um, the other really cool thing is you can turn on email notifications for this to make sure that you're surfacing, that this is happening in multiple places, not just in Microsoft ads. Um, and the other really cool thing is that even if you do opt out of the auto-applied, you can still see these ad suggestions. They'll still show up in your recommendations. So if you just want to make sure you are getting these wonderful ad suggestions that you can edit, but don't want them to go immediately into your campaigns, you can still use this feature. Um, But again, if you're one of those people that Mark Irvine called out, um, who are in your accounts all the time and want to turn this off and never look back, 
um, you can just go to your account settings and go to auto apply ad suggestions and uncheck that box and hit save and then you're safe. Yeah. If you're listening to this show, you're not a bad marketer and you shouldn't be opting in to auto apply to anything. Yes. Right? Amen. Opt Welcome out. Back. Look at the suggestions. Use at your own discretion. Yeah. I dig that part. All right, next up here in the main news, social media managers rejoice. Instagram has announced that drafts will soon be coming for stories. So yes, that means you'll be able to craft a story whenever you have the time and then save it to post later. You won't have to just create it right before you're going to post. This is awesome, obviously, because operating on the fly is usually not the best or easiest route for businesses. People like to plan ahead, get approvals, things like that. This shouldn't come as a shock to anyone that this is a good feature. But not to mention that your work hours, even if you are able to post right away, they may not align with when your audience is on the app. So I think this will be huge for brands and creators to maximize their efficiency in the creative process, but also allow them to get in front of their followers at the right time when they're actually using the app. And obviously, it's a nice option for individual users as well, because some folks just maybe want to sit on that before they post it. So I don't know what you guys think about this. I feel like it's not a super controversial topic, but it, it's just nice to have. I, I love a draft of anything. I couldn't do it before. Yeah. yeah. This is what I've been waiting for. I, I, I tried stories. <laughs> I hated it. I'm like, I just need a draft feature. And then I'm going to be a story maniac. So. Yeah, yeah. Everyone knows we love drafts. Yeah, draft well. <laughs> it's really a fun the kind of draft team variety. Yeah, candy. yeah. <laughs> so that's all cool. Also, though, buried within this article was a mention of a new scam that's going around Instagram, in which users are getting copyright infringement notifications via DMs from an account that's posing as Instagram. It's not. If you get that, it is fake. Instagram reiterated that the only way they will reach out to users is via email, and it will be from the Instagram.com domain. So I don't know why these stories were lumped together, but they were. And just be warned, obviously, if you do see that message in your dms it's not real don't click it don't reply don't do anything all right and next up from barry schwartz over at search engine roundtable this was a kind of small update but i thought it was a very important one and it comes from the new google ads liaison and former guest on the show Ginny marvin at Ginny marvin on twitter and nava hopkins at nava f on twitter so nava had asked Ginny. Do subdomains count for first-party data purposes? As we build strategies to coexist with our SEO friends, it would be helpful to know if we need to get comfortable using no index and no follow pages on the main domain. And then Ginny asked for some clarification, and it essentially came down to the fact that there, Nava was wondering if you have something on a subdomain or something on, let's say you're .com and it's a .ca, or you have any other, let's say vanity, URL. Could you still use that as first party data? And a quick, I guess, backtrack. First party data is data you collect. And the, the crux of the question is, if you collect something on, let's say, marketing o'clock, and then we have something marketing o'clock giveaway.com, could we use that in re-advertising? Or is that third party data because it's coming from another source? And again, any other top level domain. And Already paying off, Ginny over at Google Ads. And she says, hi, Nava, thanks for your patience. Subdomains, country, TLDs, top-level domains, and vanity URLs owned by the same company would be considered first-party context. I believe for vanity URLs, there's a five-domain limit per first-party set, which I had no idea no. Mm -hmm. at all. But if you're setting something up, you got a sweepstakes, you have something else, you own that domain, that company, you can use that as first-party data. And what you can't do is say, I'm going to go buy this list of email addresses or I'm going to buy this list and, re and remarket to it or set it up as an audience specifically in Google Ads. You cannot do that. That's third-party. But if you own the property, you can now, which is pretty cool. So I don't think there's any real issues with it, but it was a nice clarification from the new Google Ads liaison. Awesome. And rounding out the main news, if you are a car dealership and you run ads on Microsoft Advertising, you are in luck because they have a new ad unit specifically for cars. Automotive ads allow you to add attributes of your car inventory like make, model, year, and whether it's used or new and high quality images and Microsoft will use these assets to display ads in the Bing search results or the MAN, the Microsoft Advertising Network. Did that catch on while I was gone? Or oh, it no? did not. No. Oh. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, the Microsoft Advertising Network. So 
Automotive ads are triggered for vehicle research and purchase intent queries, but no keywords are required. The offerings from your feed are matched to queries automatically and they serve alongside existing ads with a separate option auction sorry so that sounds a little spooky like i wonder if we're even going to get keyword reporting for this or if they're just going to go google on us but that'll be interesting to see yeah and they go on to say you can set up location targeting and they don't recommend adding audiences when you start but it seems like that'll be an option for you if you're running these this is a beta in the uk and the us you can sign up through your rep or there is a link in this article if you want to sign up I was just thinking of this for selfish reasons because this could really help me. I'm trying to run a smear campaign. You guys remember I got the Equinox right before we yeah, left. Yeah, the Knox. Yeah. Well, it was supposed to be my husband's car, but I really enjoy driving it. So I'm trying to run a smear campaign where I'm having people tell him that it reminds them of a minivan so mm. that I can drive it more. Oh. So maybe these ads could be like, oh, the new Chevy minivan, Equinox. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't Speaking that be like, nice that's great that's yeah. pretty good i think my next car might be a station wagon you told me that the other day like, i know i what? think i might be do they exist yes oh yeah i think they just call them I wagons i would right? drive a woody station wagon they call it a hatchback i don't know what that but it's a station wagon like well, a, a back opens up yeah it's anything with the back but I, I, yeah but that's a station wagon it's a modern station wagon. i have a crossover that's technically a hatchback that's technically a station wagon. You're technically a station wagon. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it seems like it operates like shopping ads, right? Like yeah. you put the feed in and it matches mm-hmm. up, which is cool. And that'd be great. Hopefully you can negative things out, see how it works. And I can't wait to give it a test drive. Wow. <laughs> I miss the puns. Yeah. I mean, this auto is much better than the other autos. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> now it's time for this week's Take of the Week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. And this week's take of the week comes from David Kyle. David Kyle on Twitter. And David writes, here's an email from a Googler backdooring my agency, telling him we missed turning on automatically applied updates, which is an important setting that he urgently needs to turn it on and ask him to get it done by end of day frowny face. Hashtag PPC chat, hashtag Google ads. It's actually because it's at Google ads, but it's hashtag Google ads. And anyway, <laughs> um, the, and so the post mentioned comes from the Google, Google excellence team, the ads excellence team. And it is obviously is very professional because it's from Google and the real takes came out in the replies, I think, on this one. And it starts with David. He says, in his replies, he says, I'm guessing the only thing really time sensitive here is the deadline she has to earn a bonus relative to how many accounts she gets to comply. Yes, I jumped in because Larry Chassis had pinged me on it, even though I've already saw it and put it right in the notes to talk (laughs) about this week. I said, "Uh, I know these are taxing, especially because they come from Google. I've seen absolute horror in the work from the excellence team To be fair, though, there are some very helpful people there, too. I just wish they would work with agencies better because I think that's a real thing. They see agencies as a threat where it's like, really? We're here. We want to give you as much money as possible and get the best results. Amy Bishop had responded saying, wow, the worst part is the approach is always misleading. It's persuasion by FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt, preying on folks they assume won't know better. And then Ed Leak said, Record your calls with Google experts. Ask basic questions, then someone with a crumb of experience should be able to answer. Listen to the scripted nonsense, play the call back to the client. The client will never trust Google emails again. But we shouldn't have to do this. Dot, dot, dot. And that's the thing. Like, you, you should just say, is there a MCC account on this? Then don't go right to the client. Yeah. Is the MCC account making changes? Then don't go right to the client. And I know David Kyle, he makes changes. Like, he actually knows his stuff. Um, I don't know. It's just like... That's I shady. I don't like yeah. it one bit. No. Me either. Can't say I'm surprised, though. And now it's time for this week's I See Why Am I. This is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something you overlooked. But you shouldn't have. I See Why Am I, people, from Sean Ellie at 
SLE2134 on Twitter. He says, PSA, Microsoft Bing shopping can work. Seen a lot of naysayers recently. And then to prove this, he shows an example of a campaign that he launched a week ago that is currently at about 3.5x return on ad spend with a revenue of $5,000 after the first week. And then he says, keyword here is can. I have also launched a lot of campaigns that have struggled to get any sort of traction on Microsoft or had a terrible return, but it could be worth a test again if you hadn't tried it in a while. So don't count Microsoft advertising out for shopping. Check it out. And this week's PPC chat also was on shopping. So if you missed it, check out the PPC chat blog by Julie Bacini and um, the awesome PPC chat roundup podcast by Anu from MindSwan. Now it's time for this week's lightning round. Pew, pew. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts, paid, organic, and social. First up in the paid universe this week, Nava Hopkins at NavaF on Twitter attended a Facebook webinar so you don't have to, and we're going to tell you what she said about the Facebook webinar so you don't have to attend it. And she has a thread of what is changing based on the iOS 14.5 update. She's quite a few in this thread. I, re- I saw the ad in the New York Times, though, and it seems like everything's okay. Oh, and I thought Facebook was going to get better. They really care. <laughs> yeah. This is a good thing <laughs> for them. He said it was going to be better for them, but not for advertisers. Um, exactly. That, that's her first point. She says, expect performance to drop. There is no getting around this. Just don't tell Mark Zuckerberg. You must own the domain you are looking to create events for and verify. If the domain isn't verified, ads will be paused. Number three, ad performance data will be impacted regardless of whether the user is opted in. So you will get less data on placements, demographics, etc. These are just all sad. You can still, oh, this one's good. You can still use UTM parameters for attribution and custom landing page experiences. Landing page views are not subject to the eight conversion event per domain limitation for web campaigns. This is the first, I know I was out, but this is the first I'm hearing of this eight conversion event per domain. That sucks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what is that? Um, lookalike audiences are still kosher. Expect to work harder to generate the seed audience. Facebook recommends JavaScript to install the pixel, and she has a link to where you can install it right in her thread. And she says, pixel events will be hidden if the domain owner doesn't have at least view access to the pixel. So I just ran through that, but she covers everything you needed to know from the webinar. Give her a follow, Nava F on Twitter, at Nava And next up, Joe Martinez, a.k.a. Milwaukee PPC on Twitter, a.k.a. special guest from our latest Marketing a Talk, has a tip for anyone who hates seeing ranges in the YouTube earned action columns in Google Ads. If you want actual data, you can look at these metrics in Data Studio and it will show you the actual numbers. Not sure why they can't do it in Google Ads if they can do it in Data Studio, but good to know. And next up, Julie F. Buccini, at Neptune Moon on Twitter. She says, why is Google Ads recommending that I use competitors trademarked name in responsive search ads? Seriously, it was almost every recommended addition to headlines. Are you kidding me? Out of control. That is not a good look. That's like Google starting a fight. It's like Google's like tapping your competitor on the shoulder Uh and the competitor turns around and it's you. But it's like that shouldn't even be approved. No, no, and, and... Many, many companies, like, you can't use those trademarks. We run into that problem all the time where we're just not allowed to. Even if you're a partner of something, sometimes you have to, like, get written permission. And now they're just like, oh, no, just do it. Yeah. So just more evidence not to take those recommendations blindly ever. If you're (laughs) listening and not watching, I'm rolling my eyes. And that's it for paid. What's happening in organic? So much <laughs> from a favorite. <laughs> that's line. my line. Normal. <laughs> All right. So Google is supporting a new schema markup for education sites. And the new markup basically shows the equations right in the SERPs, which to me is sort of like, why do it? <laughs> Probably for the kids cheating on their math tests. Well, let's say you're a webmaster and then all of a sudden the exact equation like shows up and you get the answer and everything. Like who's going to actually click through, you know? Nobody, but they like you, Google doesn't care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Talk to, uh, to Rand yeah, uh, and his about wife. that. And then next up <laughs> from Darren Shaw at Darren Shaw underscore on Twitter. Darren says, oh man, check out this bull hack on our GMB knowledge panel. Are they going to list competitors on everyone's listing now? 
and he looks up White Spark, his agency. And in the knowledge panel, on the right-hand rail, it says alternative. Top alternatives to White Spark Local Citation Finder. And then it lists off Bright Local, Moz Local, SEM Rush, Yext, a few others in there that are too small for me to read right now. Which is like AI gone wrong. Yeah, right? they You just found some article and you're trying to pull this in. And this is the, the issue. Like put it in the people also searched for at the very bottom. But to make that seem like it's something that is white spark specific Mm-mm. is hashtag criminal. And so then Barry Schwartz said, I don't see that, but that is not good. <laughs> CC at Danny Sullivan. And Danny said on his at Danny Sullivan Twitter account, he says, I'm off today. I imagine this is a test of showing more information about an entity using featured snippets. Completely understand the concerns here. And I'll pass along the feedback to the search team when back on Monday. To which Darren said, and this should have been take of the week. Darren said, thanks, Danny. Please also let the search team know that they seem to have accidentally missed adding competitors and alternatives to the Google listing. (laughs) (laughs) We don't need to get some aloe. That's a serious burn. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. That should have been the take of the week. That should have been the take of the year. And then he had a screenshot of the Google listing in Google My Business. Oh, poor Danny. He never takes a day off. It's 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 a bad job. That job is a bad job. They're good jobs and they're bad jobs. That is a bad one. He's brave. Rob Lethern's job was a bad one too, though. <laughs> to be fair, I hope yeah. he's got a new gig. He does. He's at Google now. Oh, he is. Yes. Oh, can't wait to cite some of his stories in the near future. <laughs> he's in the weird. He's like in the cloud. He's like floating away in the cloud. <laughs> he's in the cloud. Yeah, you know, he actually is in the cloud. Yeah, they figured out. They put out. him up there. Yeah, <laughs> they put him up there. Came a saddle. <laughs> All right. Google crawl stats from Barry Schwartz has had some internal data issues from March 10th to the 23rd. So maybe throw that in your Google annotations. I saw some conversations saying it'd be nice if you could have notes in Search Console for all these outages that keep happening. But you'll see some big declines there. But it's nothing to worry about if it's between March 10th and the 23rd, but still probably good to annotate. Next up from our favorite SEO down under, Brody Clark, at Brody Clark on Twitter. He has seen Google testing mobile e-commerce category pages. So the example is Drizzly, and it says Shop IPA, which A is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. It's just like Shop IPA, not IPAs. <laughs> Shop shirt. Yeah, or like, <laughs> like India Pale Ales or something. But it says Buy Online, Drizzly. And underneath the results have specific products, which I assume, because I know and I'm drinking them, are IPAs. And one is Ballast Point. That's eight ninety nine. One is Lagunitas. Is that how you say it? I can never say that right, mm-hmm. Jess. Yeah, some people say Lagunitas, but I don't think that's right. <laughs> well, you have like a beer Lagunitas. shop. What's the name? You get to make it official. Lagunitas. Lagunitas. Yeah. And See. that's one ninety nine. And then there's Elysian. Is that how you say it? Elysian. Elysian. I think that's how okay. I say. And that's three twenty nine. So you can see the pricing overlay is in a little what what Glenn Gabe would call a pill over the image there. And the only thing I really don't like about this is how expensive one ballast point is. Well, I think that's misleading. That's probably a pack price, right? It's $8.99 for a ballast point. That's what it looks like, but I bet that's not the case if you were to click through. Did you click through? Uh, You got to talk to Brody about that, man. (laughs) (laughs) Call collect, though, because he's in Australia. (laughs) All right, next up, from 9 to 5, Google. I like how they don't care about Google on the like the off hours, you know? <laughs> like, I don't care. Like 6 p.m., yeah. get out of here. <laughs> but apparently over the past week or so, Google Discover users have been complaining about getting served news that is days old. And for some, the entire feed is populated with no current content. I was thinking it'd be like nice if you could go be like, I want all my Discover to be years. I want only pre-2020 news. Like, I want pre-pandemic. Like, give me the 2019 news. I just want all of you to 2019. Or like early 2000s pop culture? Yeah, that that's where my fun. knowledge stops. Yeah. yeah. That'd be the cool. The Simple Life. Yeah. Where, oh. where would you, what year would you go cute. to? I would go, I think I would go to like a 2007. All right, Shep, where would you go? I feel like it'd be fun to go to like the year you were born. Just check it out. I'm not going to say that year, but it would be fun. Okay. And I feel like, a Caleb, I'm going to guess your year that you're going to go back to. I think you're going to go to 2018. 16. 16. Close. Okay. It's a good year. <laughs> All right, next up, there's some new pickup and delivery attributes on Google My Business and Maps, and there's pickup and delivery attributes. So you can 
be able to display order and pick up options such as delivery providers, fees, order minimums, and pick up windows. So that's coming your Google My Business profile, starting a mobile search with Instacart and Albertsons stores in the US. There's also pickup with Google Maps, which seems awful. Like I just don't like mixing my apps like that. You know, like I, maps to me is getting me where I want to go. So they know you're there because of your location and they like bring it out to your car. That's smart. If that's the case, like that's extra smart. Cause I you can might be send, giving them too much credit. Yeah. You can send your directions and how close you are to people with Google maps. So that might actually be a very good implementation, but I don't know. And it's it. The pilot program is starting with a partnership with select Fred Meyer superstores in the Portland, Oregon area beginning in the summer. And it's like, have you ever heard of Fred Meyer? <laughs> Caleb, no. have you? Caleb's nodding his You've head. You've been nodding your head. Isn't that Myers though? Like, I'm pretty sure I've heard of Myers. Oh, I've heard of Myers. Sure. Fred oh, Meyer sounds like thing. an earth science teacher. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's Fred Meyer. <laughs> you don't need to put your first name on the store, Fred. How, <laughs> go, go how to Fred Meyer. <laughs> narcissistic are you? You need both names. Maybe you didn't like his family or something. Yeah, you're like, it's, it's not Tim Meyer, it's Fred Meyer. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Meyer of uh, Yahoo fame. All right. And finally, there's an emphasis on eco-friendliness. So if you want to find the best way without burning the most uh, diesel fuel, you can do that as well. If you drive diesel. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Bing that. Find an ad. Figure it out. All right. Next up from Barry Schwartz over on SE Roundtable. A little update to the update from last week about the potential algorithm update. And... If you don't recall, there was an update that picked up on Sunday that's different than the update from the week before, which is different than the mini update from the week before that. There's just too many. I don't know how Barry does it. Everything's an update. But anyway, you may want to put it in your annotations for the 28th because Barry said there did seem to be an update that really picked up this past Sunday around March 28th, but began probably later on Friday and continued through Monday or so. And, of course, Barry's got the charts. He's got them all this week. And I really, really, really appreciated these charts. What was your favorite chart there, Jess? I like, I'm going with a different one this week. I'm going to go with Cognitive SEO because the colors, the red, green, and yellow kind of look like that candy cane that nobody likes that I like. You know, that alternate candy cane with the, the yellow it's and gross. the green? It's gross. Yeah. No, oh. nobody likes that one. Okay. So no one likes this chart. Um, I mean, these charts are all pretty boring. I got maybe the SERP metrics are the nice. That's a nice shade of green. Okay. Well, my favorite. I thought it was a really clear winner this week. My favorite chart from Barry's post was AccuRanker because when you look at this chart, you will lose your mind <laughs> wondering how Barry sees any variation in these charts and why this chart is even on here. Every day is the same day. It's the same chart. The 26th is the same as the 27th to the 8th. Everything's the same. A couple of them are a little bit darker. Well, if that's a different time really frame that he's reporting eyes. on. It's like a nice <laughs> anyway, ombre effect. It's, it's nice. It's great. It's great. Check it out and get all the links <laughs> to our show over on markandcollect.com. All right. And then from Danny Sullivan on his at Danny Sullivan Twitter handle, if you search for Suez Canal or Ever Given on Google on desktop, well, the canal is all clear. I love that. And you see a boat go by. And um, another note. The search console data was inaccurate on the 10th to 23rd, so maybe work on that instead. But anyway, <laughs> this was a fantastic next story written by Casey Newton, something that you should completely read. I ranted about it a little bit last week about the post on Facebook and why you should never use Medium. And this is by Casey Newton over at The Verge. I maybe say you read a post twice a year. This is one of them. It's amazing. And... He talks about, he first starts by talking about a pretty serious issue that impacts President Biden. So a medium staffer had tried to, so basically he got served adult content. And I won't say what he was served, but it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> and then a medium staffer tried to improve Biden's recommendations when you log into medium. And he followed political topics. He, he quote-unquote read posts by President Obama and Vice President um, Kamala Harris when he was logged in as the president. So hopefully like the algorithm would change away from porn. And um, when he refreshed the recommendations, Medium recommended another piece of erotica, getting a piece 
and some pizza too. A story that carries. <laughs> I, I can't even go to the rest of it. So oh you're gonna find it, but it turns out that because of this and just the the problems of Medium, they're actually getting rid of their entire editorial staff. And if you have anything over at Medium, here's the marketing angle: get it off of there. You want to build on your own property. Set up a WordPress blog, even if it's a subdomain and it's annoying. Like, do whatever you have to do to get your content off of other people's stuff because it might be you. And then one other thing that's really funny is they said the employee previously found that Medium had somehow added Biden as a writer on 10 garbage publications as well as at least one software development blog. And I like that. It's like <laughs> President Biden's blogging away like, oh, look at this SAS cloud here. It's a Rob Lathern's up and saddled up. <laughs> like, it's hysterical. So, all right. And then from The Verge, again, this is an article called OpenAI's text generating system GPT-3 is now spewing out 4.5 billion words a day. And this is for me, but I I, I would imagine 4.5 Four nine 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 are garbage words. That they're four point nine 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 billion are garbage. And I saw something really funny that will prove my point. There is a blog out there called AIWeirdness.com. It is fantastic. And I am now a subscriber. And they made a, a post called GPT three tries pickup lines. Oh my god. And they put in all these different pickup lines and gave them to a bunch of different GPT-3 based engines. And the engines go from sort of remedial to very good engines, right? And so these are where these 4.5 billion words are coming from. And so feel free to tell me to stop whenever it gets too much, but the first one is because an engine called Babbage. And then the author writes, Babbage is, is trying, smaller than Curie, and not always 100% sure about what it means to be generating pickup, pickup lines. It also tends to try to explain why its pickup lines are so great. Oh, God. This is why I love it. Okay. So here's a pickup line from Babbage. <laughs> In your best Albert Einstein voice, I wouldn't change a thing. Wait, what? <laughs> That's the the first line. part was part of it, right? The Albert yes, Einstein was, was part of the part. line? Of He's saying, wait, what? Your pickup line He's is saying, you get your best Albert Einstein voice and you say, I wouldn't change the thing. Is that what he said? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So just an abruptly German accent. You just ask. Uh, yeah, yeah. You just say, I wouldn't change the thing. Can so, you imagine if someone came up to you in a bar and said, I wouldn't change the thing? <laughs> in a German say. accent. <laughs> And don't, and don't look if you're looking at this now. Don't peek ahead. So here's the next one from Babbage. And this one says, will you marry me? Oh and and here's, here's the explanation that it gives. Babbage says, this is a simple one. This line is super effective for anyone because it's literally, will you? It is very powerful and intimate. You can do it without even being asked. You can just give a long speech about your dreams of marriage and it will be powerful to your crush. I'm, I'm worried. <laughs> okay, here's now, those are some of the best ones. Now we're going to ADA, ADA. And the author writes ADA is the smallest of the GP3, GPT3 variants and has completely lost the plot. <laughs> Here are ADA's pickup lines 2017 rug boat, two tone necktie shirt. Wait, what? GPT3. <laughs> I'm in love. <laughs> All right, and here's, here's my other favorite one from, from ADA. Here's the pickup line. Future Pop-Tarts by Tracy Thorne. <laughs> There's a lot going on there. So when you see all these things about 4.5 billion words, take it with a grain of salt. Oh okay, and they get better. Is this, is this done? Do we want to keep going on this? Yeah, oh, yeah absolutely. Okay. I read the article and I didn't hear any of these. Okay, so here's Curie. All right. And so Curie is the second most, I'd say advanced, just off the lines essentially. So here's Curie's pickup line. Your eyes are like two rainbows and a rainbow of eyes. I can't help but stare. <laughs> that's, that's poetry. <laughs> and then these are my favorite parts of Curie. Curie's like super specific and just like starts lying for you, right? So Curie, Curie goes, hey, my name is John Smith. What? Will you sit on my bread box while I cook or is there some kind of speed limit on that thing? <laughs> Somebody needs to check on John Smith. 
<laughs> I hear another one from Carrie. Hello, my name is Natasha Dawson, and I'm sure I'm a lot prettier than a picture of you on tin foil. <laughs> that's not, that's how a, you that's land not a, a date. Pickup, that's a put down. Uh, exactly. Look, talk to Carrie about that, okay? Now, here is the most advanced out there GPT-3 engine, and it's called DaVinci. That's how you know it's good, mm. right? Okay, and so here's what DaVinci came up with. And DaVinci... Like, some of these might work, all right? Here's DaVinci. I once worked with a guy that looked just like you. He was normal human with a family. <laughs> Are you a normal human with a family? Oh, my God. Is this Wait, that song why does the it say did? was? Is he dead? You got to talk to Leonardo on that guy. one. DaVinci is still single for sure. Yes. Okay, here's another one from DaVinci. You look like a stealth assassin from the clouds. Oh, Rob Leathern. <laughs> All right. Then DaVinci starts going off the rails. DaVinci says, I love you. I don't care if you're a doggo in a trench coat. <laughs> it's creepy. And then <laughs> this one is really creepy. You have a lovely face. Can I put it on an air freshener? I want to keep your smell close to me always. <laughs> Call the police. Yeah, I think no, DaVinci is delicious. really sweet. Oh, my God. Right. Call the police. <laughs> Jess. <laughs> Here's one that might work on Jess, though, to be, to be fair. To be fair. Chris, watch out. This is what Da Vinci would use. You have the most beautiful fangs I've ever seen. Oh. <laughs> and this is my favorite no. one, the last one. We'll end this bit here. Da Vinci says, you look like Jesus if he were a butler in a Russian mansion. Okay. I can see it. <laughs> like, what's the mansion for? Why the butler? I don't know. Anyway. Just really setting the scene. <laughs> there's, lots of, there's lots of GPT-3 out there. Most of it's garbage. And my, they're all single. Yeah. <laughs> These are like really good like story starters if you think about it. You can write yeah. some good stuff with yeah. this. Give that a try, everybody, this weekend. And let us know how, how it works out for you. Call.marketingclock.com. All right. And then in SEOs can't have nice things. There is a new post out on Search Engine Journal from Roger Monti. And maybe this even. Martini Buster. Yeah, Martini Martini Buster. Maybe this should have been take of the week too. Uh, the post is about title length and there is no title tag length that Google recommends. And this isn't last up. I don't know why I have so much news this week. Gary from Google said, the title length is an extreme, externally made up metrics. And then Roger says, after some attempts at humor and general merriment between Gary and Martin, they soon return to answering the question. Oh, my God. Like attempts at humor? That is cold. Yeah. And I, I believe it was from the Search Off the Record podcast, which hit 15 episodes. I was wrong. I said they never get to 12. Wow. Okay. I'm still not done yet here. This comes from the Google blog, blog.google.com. And they put out a post called Discover the Best Products for Everything on Google. And they go on to say... When you shop for products, whether your home, your family, yourself, you should feel confident knowing you're making a good decision and buying the best product for your needs. And they go on to have this really, it's actually pretty cool if you go click on through. You can see product categories and then you can swipe. It's called the best things for everything guide. And you can swipe left, you can swipe right, and you kind of go find a category and then you get in there and can choose what you want. So I was looking through here. I'm like, oh, wow. I wonder if this is like actually good or if they're just doing like affiliate stuff. And so I'm like looking at the categories. I'm like, I'm going to find a category where I know what the best thing is by listening to the crowds. So I look for the best exercise bike. What do you think was number one? Well, I mean, you want me to say Peloton. I don't know any other exercise bikes. Well, it's not Peloton. Yeah. Peloton didn't make the list. That's what people would say though, right? But you immediate, then I immediately say this is not, this is not real. Mm. If this is the best things for everything... How are you saying the biggest bike with the highest rated reviews is not the best thing for everything, right? Like you're then completely lost me at that point. So well, I, Mario Badescu um, Rosewater Facial Mist is actually very nice. It's, it made the list there. It did? Yep. Was that, I what, see it in the picture. Was it Life on the Lake or was that the uh, other one? For Life on the Lake. There's one for relaxing and there's a picture when you hop in, there's a man um, laying against the tub. Yeah. Um, but... Not using the product to the left of it. Thank you. There's a pillow, a tub pillow, that's supposed to be the best thing ever mm -hmm. to help you relax in the tub, and the man in the picture isn't even using it. Maybe he would be smiling if he was. Oh, true. Is that the spin we're supposed to And then there's to life on the lake where the, everything is about 
about being on the water and then one thing like you it's like a kayak and binoculars and snorkels and speedos or whatever and then there's a chair and like, what am i gonna do with this 290 yeti chair on the lake you're gonna I'm sink gonna, i'm gonna sink so, ice fishing oh frozen right. lake you guys are so negative well the binoculars scared me too like are you looking across the lake what are you doing I had no idea tub pillow was a thing. <gasps> They're life changing. I need one. Like I didn't either. <laughs> you can get them with <laughs> suction cups. Yeah, then they stay. Mm-hmm. But I, when I see this though, I wonder like why these products made it, and I'm sure everything's above the board. But there's a little, a little snippet like, hey, are these people spending a lot of money? Are these people doing things? Obviously, it's probably above the board. But I was the only person that ever got in trouble. When I talked about the Thanos thing, when Google put out that Easter egg and destroyed the SERPs, when they were clearly running Pixel campaigns with Marvel and having the Marvel team help sell Pixels, it was just coincidental that the that they had this Easter egg that blew up the internet. Um, I haven't seen anything for Justice League yet, though. Maybe I haven't seen any Pixel ads for Justice League either, though. All right, so before I get into too much trouble here, we're going to talk about, and this is why SEOs can't have nice things. This is the one. Google is saying it's a bad idea to make your images low quality to improve your core web vital scores. Who would scores. do that? This is just... It, what are you thinking? And Jam Session, at Jam Session 18 on Twitter, asked John Mueller, can you please answer my question regarding quality of images used? I work for a new site which is currently optimizing for core web vitals in order to... That our tech is compressing images to an extreme level at the cost of image quality... It's blurred images now. Is it worth the cost? Jam session. No. no. Why would you do that? Oh. Why would you do that? Don't care about core web vitals if it's 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 a bonus. It's a bonus. It's on top. Try to be better than people, and then try to get the fastest image. You're you're a mm. new site that's purposely blurring images. But this is why Google will never give like an answer on something. If you say something like the title tag should be within 70 characters, then everybody's like, it boom, I'm going to blur the images. I'm going to make the worst title tag ever. Mm. So uh, people, all right, all right person, bud. jam session. What's happening in social? I would say so much, but somebody already said that. <laughs> so good news, everybody. Twitter spaces will soon be accessible via desktop PCs, which sounds silly, but think about it. Professionals with desktop audio equipment will be able to use their existing setup rather than phones just to play in this space. Pun intended. And it could also bring more users onto the platform because they'll be able to listen via desktop if that's more convenient for them than, say, using their phones. And on top of that, Twitter is also expanding their testing of spaces on Android. So late last week, they tweeted, in the last 48 hours, we have added a lot of new Android folks to our beta. Welcome aboard. We look forward to ear emoji your spaces. That means here. And can we go to resident clubhouse expert Caleb? Yes. And Caleb Cam. Caleb, Caleb, what are you? Oh, what are your thoughts on? Are you are you intimidated? In Twitter dated. I'm a purist. I'll be sticking with Clubhouse. Would you? Wow. Would it be more appealing if it's on desktop? No, I don't think so at all. I mean, I. I find it hard to imagine sitting with my laptop or at my house on my computer, like on an audio call. Like, I think it works better with mobile anyway. Right. You associate it naturally. All right. And that was breaking news. Thanks, Gil. <laughs> well, I'm still going to go with the transition I had planned, even though you're advocating for Clubhouse. Clubhouse better up their game fast. Twitter is proving to be a fierce competitor. <laughs> and so is Slack. Not really, because it's for the general public, this is not fierce at all. But the work chat app is hopping on the audio train as well. Slack CEO Stuart Butterfield said that new audio features will soon be coming, including the ability to leave audio messages, kind of like an answering machine, which I actually think could be useful in a work setting, and a feature similar to Clubhouse. I feel like this would be nice for Greg. I feel like you send a lot of Slack messages when you're, I should be on the road, mm-hmm. and you could use your voice. I voice, I voice all those, to be fair. Oh, well, now it'll be oh. easier for you. Yeah, we can just hop in a little Slack room and, and all that. But I would also just like to nominate that name for a Hall of Fame name at Marketing Clock, Stuart Butterfield. Oh, that's great. Yeah. It's a good name. I love it. Somebody write it down for the clock skirts. <laughs> we won't remember it. <laughs> no. 
All right, and here comes LinkedIn too. They are also dipping into audio. Spotted by app researcher, and as we said last week, self-proclaimed leaker, Alessandro Paluzzi, that's at Alex193A on Twitter. Spotted by him, but also later confirmed by the platform itself. Live audio rooms are coming soon to LinkedIn. Can you think of anything worse than this? Is there one thing worse than LinkedIn bros broing it out? On LinkedIn Clubhouse? To me, no, but they said that they're working to create a unique audio experience, so I wonder if that's somehow going to be different. It looks a lot like Clubhouse from what I understand. I don't the know what Clubhouse looks like. unique experience should just be, be like people going like, yeah, and then like just like heavy breathing. That <laughs> should be it. That should Ew. be just dudes just like, yeah. Caleb, do you care to weigh in? Are you a LinkedIn user, Caleb? I do use LinkedIn, but I hate like the idea of the LinkedIn influencer, like those guys who are you know, all about like, oh, I found a dollar today. And, Idea for you. Uh, LinkedIn Clubhouse has a baby. Would you use it? No, absolutely not. <laughs> I'll stay as far away from LinkedIn as possible. All right. Well, you're going to love this next story. Caleb, LinkedIn is rolling out the ability for users to add introduction videos to their profiles. Oh, which- my God. <laughs> <laughs> They're calling it a cover story. It's intended as a way to introduce yourself to the professional community. <laughs> so roll your eyes for those on video. It seems they they said it would be useful for job seekers. I feel like it's really useful for recruiters because you can get a sense of the person before you even have to talk to them. So that's something that I see value in. And folks looking to sell themselves just in general, like if you're a freelancer or something like that, maybe this is good for you. The platform has also announced other features, including service pages for freelancers, pronoun fields, and a new creator mode. So these are the LinkedIn influencers. Caleb, it's essentially a profile style, if you will, made just for content creators so they can better showcase their content. People call themselves creators on LinkedIn. Yes. I'm going to make you yeah. a video, Jess. What's One, it? Is it going to have fangs in it? it? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I would have to log into LinkedIn, Greg, for that to work. I'll figure that out. <laughs> All right, let's go back to Twitter. Apparently, they have been surveying users about a broader set of emoji reactions, cough, cough, Facebook, and up-down votes, cough, cough, Reddit. Cough, cough. What is I'm the- terrible at coughing. <laughs> <laughs> Would that get rid of the ratio, though? That's like the thing. That's how you know it's bad right now is the ratio. It's like you got ratio. The ratio of what? What are you Twitter. talking about? You guys are too like old. Like followers yeah. to following? You guys oh. might not be old enough. No, 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 no. The ratio. Likes to... Re- Caleb, talk yeah. about the ratio. Okay, you know. so ratioing is basically when uh, when you post something and like you make a point or argue something and then someone comes under it, replies and just says ratio or says ratioed by X and then get more retweets and likes than you got on your original post. What it's that? really disrespectful. That's rude. Yeah, if you get ratioed, yeah. your tweet is not good. Like, that's the down button. I'll throw up some examples. This like, is like a really Gen Z funny. thing? Well, I mean. It just it's, sounds kind of rude. Yeah, it's, it's, it's totally rude. It's for a while. Like when a brand like messes up or says something like out of line, like the Burger King thing a few weeks mm. back. Oh, yeah. Like that someone would ratioed. come out and... Um, just reply with something completely unrelated. Like, say, like, um, misogyny ratioed by, like, a picture of a golf ball. And then we get, like, more retweets than the original post. Yes. So it's funny like that. But we might not. Could this be the death of the ratio is my question. Anyway, we'll find out. I don't know. We'll see. It's just a survey right now. I just don't like that nobody has any original ideas anymore. Speaking, speaking of, of that, which. Speaking of that. Speaking of that. <laughs> yeah, go. <laughs> I've been watching basketball on the basketball app. Shep, have you? Of course. King Kong versus Godzilla? That's come the best we can come up with? Who drew no. this up? What is going... Who watches Godzilla movies anymore? It, it, the thing is, I would watch... Do you, Caleb? Caleb's shaking his head. I am so excited. I haven't seen what? it. I've been voting spoilers. Like, Can't like, we come up with something good? Yeah. Why are beasts good. fighting well, each other? We need to come up with something good because the new honey butter chicken biscuit at Wendy's is also advertised during oh, the basketball. <laughs> so good. No, you got just... a free one for watching the game. They like give it to you through your television. It's the official. I just look at this. It's like, can we make a new monster? Can we make a new monster? Let's try. Can we try? At least Sharknado was an original concept. Yes, (laughs) until they did it like seven times. Retweet non-ratio. A forty-story lizard and a monkey fighting each other. Like that's not. But they're already their own things. My kids just looking and go. I wonder who's going to win. Exactly. Right. You know who? You know who loses? The audience. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So. Let's bring it back to the news. Twitter's version of Facebook groups, a.k.a. communities, could be close to launching. 
And this is because the one and only Jane Manchin Wong at Wong M. Jane on Twitter has spotted an audience picker in the tweet composer to send out a tweet only to a select group of folks. So they're thinking that it's close to launching because these features are starting to be able to be discovered. So you also found a community creation page, the layout of which indicates that said communities will be joinable and also have home and about tabs. So that's all really cool and everything, but just don't be like the New York Times and put all of your eggs in a social platforms basket. New from TikTok, a playlist feature is rolling out, allowing creators to group related clips together. It's currently only available to a select group of cool kids, but it will eventually roll out to all creator and business accounts. So I want the pointing collection. The what? The pointing collection. Oh, when they go like this? Yes. Yeah, where were As you, you last see, week when none of us knew what Greg was talking about? Marketing <laughs> clock on any of the social platforms dropping on this previous Wednesday um, is a little fun teaser with me doing that. So check it out. Love it. All right, and Instagram's TikTok clone Reels has a new feature that is being tested. It's called Remix, which is a clone of TikTok's duet feature. And if you don't understand what I'm talking about, A, that makes two of us, and B, it, with a remix, you can record a reaction to an existing clip and they play side by uh, side. Yeah. What is this? Everything is just copy the other one. This, That's my entire a, news this week is just people yeah. stealing each other's ideas. It's oh. what would make TikTok creepy because like little girls would be singing songs and then like weirdos would like sing the song that, with them. They don't know them. Mm. You just get that LinkedIn guy breathing next to him. <laughs> <laughs> no. Instead of uh, mix, it should have been nix. No thanks. Remix. <laughs> I'm with you. All right. For our friends across the pond and across the other pond, IGTV ads are being expanded beyond the US to creators in the UK as well as Australia. So that is very exciting. How do you think Remix is going to go on that new under 13 channel they do there? I'm assuming Instagram. they don't include it. Well, or they do. It's just all the kids together and no adults. No. Oh, no. Oh, no. I don't know, Greg. All right. Uh, where are we? Facebook is adding new tools to help detect and report violations around the use of creators' intellectual property. This is good. Uh, creators will also be able to earn revenue generated from their own copyrighted content when it is published by another page. So if this is something that's a serious concern for you, please subscribe to our newsletter and check that link for more details because there's a lot going on there. And obviously, IP is, is really important. And lastly, via Matt Navarra, at Matt Navarra on Twitter, he tweeted... Facebook is killing its standalone analytics product on June 30th, 2021. And then he included a screenshot of the notification, which says Facebook analytics is going away. Facebook analytics will no longer be available after June 30th, 2021. Until then, you will still be able to access reports, export charts and tables and explore insights. To export data into a CSV file from Facebook analytics on your desktop, click the arrow in the top right corner of each chart or table. So... Get in there, get exporting before the end of June. And now on to our segment segments. And the first segment up this week is no. The news is Unsplash is being acquired by Getty Images. The vote. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> we just needed to squeeze that in there, right? I was catching up on news and updating our guides and working on updating the book after I was out. What book, Shep? Oh, I have this book. It's called The Ultimate Google Ads Playbook. You can buy it on Amazon. Only $14.99 I hear. Great price. Great read. Baby's got to (laughs) eat. Anyway, I was happy to find this new keyword preference documentation for Google Ads. Um, And it says if you have a phrase match or exact match keyword, like it outlines what keyword in your account is going to trigger the ad if multiple match the search query, which can be really complex. But I was just reading through it and like getting dizzy. Like there's this quote where it says, if you have an exact match keyword that's identical to the search term, it's gonna trigger the ad. But then later it looks like they contradict that because we're talking about exact and identical, like they're different things and they shouldn't be. And when you just step away from these things for a while, it's just crazy. I know, I like how the exact match, identical match, exact match, match <laughs> will then show up first. It makes <laughs> like, no sense. What are we doing? Yeah. What, what is happening? So these definitions hardly work. Tell you what works hard. Good record keeping and just whatever you know, whatever you use, whether it's emails or Basecamp. Basecamp is nice because it's a good collaboration tool. Everybody can see things. But we had a project where the client got really, really busy with other things with sales, which is great. So we had to kind of pause everything. We were building a site for them. And we paused for several months. And they finally have somebody in a new role that can be kind of the project manager for the website just stepping in. They've been with the company for a while, but new to the project. And they were able to just look at all of the emails that we had sent and all the follow-ups and all the documents and just get everything in one place. 
just kind of joining on and now we're picking right back up where we left off. So just please, even if you're going on a, a call and communicating with people over the phone, it's always nice to send a follow-up email. Here's what we discussed. Here's where we landed. Here's the document that we reviewed so that if you ever have to have new people come onto the project that they can see where everything is and pick up where you are. Greg? Yeah, and for me, somebody working hard is our creative team. Yeah. And especially Sammy. We we Well, producer Caleb had it, we're going to be building out some some more audience stuff and having some giveaways some really cool stuff and one friday we were just sitting around kind of sketching out the idea for the coolest merch ever <laughs> ever ever and so it was sketched out you could barely tell what was happening i shot it over to sammy and i explained it quick and she came back with what is going to be the most fire paid merch you've ever seen and we'll be giving away to all you wonderful listeners coming soon here probably may so look forward to that it is amazing and just having that team she understands this i'm like watch kill or i'm like watch this will come back like really close and it came back fire so and now for this week's cool tool as a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners and is really, really cool. This week's cool tool is Superbot Fight Mode from Cloudflare. And it's not so much a tool, more so a set of new features that are coming to help mitigate bot traffic, including bot analytics, which includes a real-time report that breaks down your traffic to help you spot attacks in the moment. Also, the ability to challenge or block traffic from automated sources and to allow some through like Slack bot if it's something that you're actively using and want to be able to come through. So there's all that and a whole lot more. The features do vary depending on your plan. So if you're a cloud fairly the features do vary depending on your plan. So if you're a Cloudflare user, just grab the link to their announcement from our newsletter and see what's available to you. But it's all good things and there is something for every level. So check it out. Now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. And this week's must-read marketing article of the week comes from Henley Wing Chu, the co-founder and CEO of BuzzSumo. And they have an article called, I believe it's an update, an article from 2017, but it is called 100 Million Posts Analyzed, What You Need to Write the Best Headlines. And BuzzSumo goes through the ideal headline length, the best numbers to use in headlines. I wonder if it's 100 million. (laughs) Maybe. How headlines have changed since 2017. Headline phrases drive the most Facebook engagement, the top themes for Facebook headlines, phrases that start or end with the best Facebook headlines, the Twitter, it goes on and on what marketing experts think. They've got Brian Dean in there, who I think writes some of the best headlines out there, and it's a fantastic article. So thank you, Henley. All right, that does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. And remember, you can catch everything from this show by signing up for our newsletter on marketingoclock.com. While you're there, please be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast player so you don't miss a single episode. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock, part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. If you're looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. And please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. Welcome to this week's Shootin' the Heck, where after our famous Friday news show, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just... Shoot the heck. And this week, Shep, to bring you back, uh, we're playing everybody's favorite game. And I know it's your favorite game, too. Okay. It's called... Poke holes in this. No, that would not be my favorite game, but I'll play. Are you sure? Yeah. It must sure. be baby brain. It must be baby brain. <laughs> All right. So I have an idea that's un- unpokeable, and then you have to try to poke holes in the idea and tell me why it's a bad idea. Okay. So first up, where do you do your best thinking? That's right. The shower. So what I was thinking, sometimes you see a shower with a chair in there. I'm thinking shower offices. You can rent an office that's a shower and you can go work in the shower where you get your best ideas 
and it's going to be pure gold all day long. That is appalling. Can you imagine receiving an email from someone and knowing that they wrote it in the shower? You don't have That's to know sick. that, though. The people are going to know. If you had a different Zoom background, they'd never know. You're going to Zoom people in the shower? <laughs> Maybe that's a bad idea. No. All right. Uh-uh, what no, are you no, going to no. do when you have a meeting? Like, I'll just pop in my office. No, you don't need video. It's a, uh, Everybody's making audio stuff. Have you listened kids. to Marketing and Clock? Kids, we don't kids, need video. Kids. You are There's missing, no video on this. No. You're all missing the point. The reason you do your best thinking in the shower is because you are removed from whatever it is that you need to be thinking about. If, you, if it was your office, you're going to do the same thinking you would do in your office. You're just getting clean at the same time. But I was thinking in the shower about how good my thinking was in the shower. What, like, what a to, narcissist. <laughs> we, need, we need to expand that. We need to expand that thinking. It's a waste of water and resources, and you should be ashamed. Okay. All right. Next up. Google Maps. Okay. (laughs) What if you had Google Maps? We can brand it. We can get the Google out of there. Maps for human life. All right. So it analyzes your patterns, and it knows that you have to go to your mother's house, and you know when you, it knows when you start. So it knows how long it takes to pack. It knows how long it takes to get in the car. It knows everything about you, not necessarily the road, but it factors the road in as well. So it says, beep, you should be leaving in two minutes because, or you should wake up in two minutes because you're always slow. And it analyzes your behavior and builds it into maps for a better experience overall. Honestly, you should pitch this to Google because I'm sure they would love it because you're just giving them all of your information and they could use it for ads somehow. And it's very creepy and you should be ashamed. Okay, I'll sign language it to them in the radar Google Nest in my bedroom. <laughs> Any other? Can you? Anybody else poke holes in this? No, I want it. Not to mention every time, like you know, you don't know how the day is going to go. They can't predict everything. Yes, they can. <laughs> can you poke holes, Caleb? Or is it account? too brilliant? I mean, that, that's that's it's a pretty it. good idea. I mean, I hate the idea of Google knowing what time I wake up. Although they probably already do. Oh, they do. Okay. This might be my best idea ever, to be honest with you guys. So this is a new company. We're going to start here. Efficient Nutrition. And it is going to analyze your body and give you every single thing that you need to eat in a drink that is completely efficient so there is no more pooping. Just every nutrient that you have. Doesn't work that way. No, but I'm thinking like that is things that aren't used. Those are things not used. Is that true? I don't know. No, I don't think he's that. No, what's that used? I mean, it didn't get used. Also, is pooping the one thing you need to eliminate from your day? What if? What if it was just efficient and it was out? Well, how would anyone catch up on their Instagram feed? You're the only person that doesn't like enjoy food. You're the only person who would want to use this. People want to be social. If people knew how efficient it would be, though. No, people don't want to be efficient. (laughs) They want to be social, eat in groups. You wouldn't make any money off of this. You'd be the only customer. You could drink your customized drink in a group setting. It's fine. But don't dads use like toilet time as like their escape from their family? I think dads everywhere would be outraged at this idea other than you, obviously. I haven't heard a single... uh, Whole poked in this. I poked several. <laughs> I, I don't think I don't think Big Plumbing will like this. Yes, oh, seriously. Oh, no, Big Plumbing. I forgot That's about a that. Good point. Caleb, great point. Okay, and last one here. <laughs> what is your favorite part of a bag of peanuts? I eat a lot of peanuts. Oh, Caleb, you're excused from this because you're allergic. I got a big hole for you. You're allergic. <laughs> you allergic? Yeah, I'm allergic. Caleb's allergic to peanuts only if he eats them though. Yeah. So, for, for the record. I was going to say, I had some earlier. Okay. The best part is <laughs> when you crack, crack one open and it is completely burnt to a crisp on the inside. Burnt pe- The nut or the bag? The, the nut. It's a burnt peanut. It's not just like one of those like kind of raw ones. You have a bag of nothing but burnt peanuts. I don't even know what you're talking about. Everybody listening is There's nodding their There's burnt own. peanuts in the bag? Over-roasted peanuts, yes. I don't think Are I've ever had one. Are they out of the shell? In the shell, but yeah, it's just overcooked peanuts. I know that what you're talking about. Yeah, like see, it's like burnt French fry tips almost. Like, you're allergic. Oh, yeah, you're a little crispies. But yeah, you, like people like those. Yeah, I like yeah. burnt popcorn. Yeah. Right, burnt peanuts, burnt pop. It's a burnt series. We set up a company, and you only get like extraordinarily cooked. We stuff. should call it Get Burnt. <laughs> yeah, that's a fire name. <laughs> <laughs> we will see you next week.